HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community. They also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! And that might be the knockout punch. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. All right, greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up Here. And it is the big day. Uh, the big week, I should say, is officially Sunday. So as you know, that is the beginning of the week. First day of the week for some of y'all. And football will be this Saturday. But in the meantime, and between time, FAMU Athletics has already started the season, most notably the volleyball team. And the volleyball team went out there this past weekend and did pretty good. First game of the season was a win, 3-2 victory against the University of West Florida. I might have said Gulf Coast last time. But University of West Florida, if you're not familiar, University of West Florida or UWF is out of Pensacola. And they are normally Division Two, So they are Division Two program. And they made a three-hour, maybe three-hour-plus drive to Tallahassee to face the Rattlers in an exhibition game. And it, it went FAMU's way. Again, 3-2, and it's a win that you kind of want, you kind of need. Start the season early with some wins against decent talent, quality talent. Uh, are they Division One program? No. But are they a program that you're probably going to actively recruit against? Definitely. And do they have facilities that may compare to yours in some areas at times? I mean, no, they don't have a Lawson Center to play at, but at the same point, they're working on it, and it is what it is. But that was a great way to start the season. We also had Fan Day. Coach Simmons got a little drippy for us. He's got drip for sale. At least that's what I'm running with. We also had uh, football. Uh, one of our commits had a nice showing. We're going to show a little bit of his film that he shared with us. Also, we had Marquise Bell. Got it's a good time. If you caught that game from the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, that was really nice. And we're gonna, I'm going to ask the question about this HBCU Go deal. I'm uh, going to ask the question. Not going to be st- stating facts or whatnot. I've read on it, but I haven't read enough to be like Dr. Cavill. <laughs> like, not there yet. But again, family volleyball starts off the season with a win and that's just the tip of the iceberg, though. FAMU Volleyball is also going to have a few more games and activities that are going to be coming up. They're going to be headed to Kansas to play in the Kansas State Tournament. At the Kansas State Tournament, we're going to play NC State. 
That's going to be August the 26th, 10 a.m. And a little bit of get back. If you hadn't paid attention, one of our students that transferred in, she came out of retirement. She previously played at North Carolina a and State, uh, North Carolina State. Sorry. So into HBCU sphere sometimes. NC State. Let's just shorten it there. Uh, but North Carolina State. And we're going to play them first. Where they're going to play Sam Houston State that same day. Sam Houston State's out of Texas. And then we're going to finish up on the 27th against Kansas State. So a good time and some good quality competition. You're seeing that one team from the ACC. Then I believe Sam Houston State is no longer in the WAC. I believe, believe they're in the, in the, I forget the name of the car, Southland. There we go. Sorry. Massive brain fart. But I believe they're in the Southland. And then you have Kansas State. Kansas State is obviously in the Big 12, who will soon be adding UCF. So good level of competition here. Hopefully, as a honest fan, I don't expect to sweep this. But I want at least one of these to be a win. If we went one for three, I, I wouldn't be decimated. So if we came out of this one and two out of this tournament, I would be like, okay, that's acceptable. Just because the level of talent that you're playing and the quality of talent that you're playing. But two and one is really the goal for me. Like I, I want three and oh, just because I want to win. I always want to win. But I also have to taper my desire to win with rationale and the understanding that you may not win every game. And especially if you're playing high quality talent, there's a good chance that you may not win all these games. So for this tournament in particular, if we go two and one, I'm successful. I'm, I'm happy. I'm a happy Rattler. I may not be talking a lot of trash, but I'm I'm pleased because that's a good day at the, the volleyball court. Uh, other thing, though, fan day came and went. It was yesterday. I did not go, and I'm glad it didn't. It rained, so it was rained out. Fan day was scheduled to be inside of the football stadium, Bragg Memorial Stadium. Would have been great to have it in the Lawson Center, but I was told that it, it wasn't done just because COVID restrictions, other things like that. At least that's what I was told. I don't know how right that is or how wrong that is. But that being the case, it would have been nice to have it indoors somewhere just so that if and when the elements happened, you didn't have to worry about it. And that that happened all weekend long. If you were in the state of Florida from Orlando, especially the Orlando area, we had literally every game on Friday was canceled. The Soul Bowl was delayed because of lightning. It was just the weather here this past weekend in the state in general, very rainy, very wet, especially in the afternoons. It's still the end of the end of the summer where if you're a native Floridian, you know, you know what time of day it is about if it rains or not. About four o'clock, it's gonna rain. So whatever you're gonna do, like you gotta do it early. Like for instance, I I personally, y'all know I don't mind sharing. I rode my bike this morning, got a good pump in. I rode early this morning <laughs> before I went to church, rode my bike because this afternoon it was raining. And so, but that the rain did, did wash out fan day. And now we just have to look forward to this UNC game, which we're going to talk about this on Thursday. We've already talked about it, kind of gave you the game preview, but we got a little more information. So we're going to see what we can use, use that for because it's officially week zero. We're going to start getting those games that pop the circumstance the hundred is going to be in north carolina 
supposedly they're going to do a joint performance with the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, which is not anything new to them. They did the same thing with North Carolina A&T when they played them a few years ago up there. And so I think it's the first time I've seen FAMU do this, though. I've, I've seen other schools just give up their halftime, but I've yet to see FAMU's Marching 100 and another band share the field at the same time. So that's going to be interesting. Like, that could be a first. I may be wrong, but to my recollection recollection, and within my memory banks, I don't remember FAMU ever doing like a split or joint halftime show. Like, that that's, that's something new. And I wonder if that becomes a precedent where certain HBCUs do that. Like, that would be kind of fun during halftime. Like, have a couple minutes where you put the bands on different sides of the field. They play at each other, kind of do their thing, and then separate. I don't know. I'm just saying that that could be a thing. I mean, you know, you got to con- got to be concerned about people's emotions and people acting out. But still, that's a good concept. Just saying, like. I'm, I'm gonna put it out there into the ether, and if anybody does anything with it, you know, just give me some credit. You ain't gotta pay me for it. <laughs> but in lieu of Fan Day being washed out, though, FAMU's got the drippiest coach in college football. Like Coach Prom, yeah, you you got the you got the swag. But this past weekend, man, uh, Coach Simmons gave y'all a little bit of something to <laughs> to get excited about. A little bit of something to. Like, okay, coach, I see you. I see you. So, uh, Coach Simmons, if you haven't seen, uh, we had, I believe it was a rapper that came and visited the program, and Coach Simmons got some drip for sale for y'all. So, this is directly from the FAMU Twitter page, credit to Florida A&M University's athletic program, as well as those who work with the Twitter program. But get to see Coach Simmons with a little drip on. Got the, got the chain on, and he put on for the students a little bit. Cutting up. Look at him. Brush his shoulders off. <laughs> so good times had by all. And as a fan, that is something that you really like to see. Like, you want to see your coach engaging with your student athletes. Like, that, that to me is something that's important because that's part of what makes college football fun. Part of what separates college football from the pros is not just the corporate structure, but it's also the fact that you do see the coaches doing things like that. The closest coach to that was probably maybe Bruce Arians for a while. Maybe um, the Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid, he does some things like that every once in a while. But very seldom do you see coaches whose personalities become part of the program. And every once in a while, Coach Simmons kind of he, he let us in a little bit. We saw last year where after we won a game, they'll take the shirts off and wave them around and the team would throw kind of a makeshift party or whatnot to celebrate the victory. But that's, that's good. That's something that we as a program need. And that, that, that needs to be seen. That's recruiting because when recruits are looking for coaches and they're talking to each other, they're like, yo, yo, coach kind of fun. Coach lit. <laughs> It's partially, yes, what can your school offer to the athletes? But it's also, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be beneficial? Is it going to be profitable? And that right there shows that Coach Simmons is kind of fun. And that was pretty cool. Just just to kind of put it out there. Like, Coach Simmons, you did pretty solid on that one. All right. We're going to take a short break. I see we've been going about 10 minutes. Y'all know I, I try to keep it short. 
for the pod. So we're going to take a break and show you a little something from AT&T. It's going to be short, but we'll be back. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. All right, I told y'all it was going to be short. AT&T dreaming black. Now, FAMU does not have a lot of commitments, and we normally don't. If you follow recruiting, you're fully aware that traditionally, uh, and it's not just historical black college universities, that, that's extremely biased and darn near uninformed to say that. Most schools that are not high-level Division One programs do not receive many commitments very early. But this year, FAMU was able to receive a commitment for um, Levante Somerset. He's pretty much been committed to FAMU for a, a long time. He's even showing you pictures with like him as a young child on the hill saying, this is in the plans. So we're going to give this kid a little chance to show what he did. He shared his huddle film and was like, hey, y'all, check me out. It's like, okay, all right, well, you committed to FAMU, so you're different. Like Some other folks like, hey, can you share my film? Like, not exactly, because I don't, don't want to get in trouble with nobody recruiting-wise. But Levante shared this. He's a FAMU commit. And he looks pretty solid. Like, I'm going to put this up here for y'all to see. And hopefully, you don't get overly excited about it. Uh, he's Again, he's a commit. He hasn't signed a letter of intent as of yet. But hopefully, that changes in the near future. Uh, but he put on a decent little show here. Like, most of these are him playing receiver. Kind of see, willing to get the ball. Got a little wiggle to him. Ooh. Dang, that that wasn't that wasn't nice. Obviously, he's number four on that Willie screen, and he had to come back for that. Like, and then he makes something out of nothing and gets a touchdown. Like, nice athlete. Here he goes again, number four. In this one, he's just showing you his blocking skills. Like, I like that tenacious blocking. And then here in the corner, kind of awesome. And then one more play, another big play. So, fam, you, we getting a good one now. That's a big get for the program. Like to continue to draw those kind of athletes into the program are things we need. Like fam, you needs to continue to be able to bring in student athletes from Florida and to draw that interest and. We never know. Levante could be a student that could continue to encourage others, and he normally does. He normally is like, hey, if you're really serious about this, commit to FAMU. Come check out FAMU. Like, if you want to come to the Hill, do this. Like, he's he's actively participating in the recruiting process for the university, and that's something that has become more popular. We've always seen it where I know me personally, when I was younger, it was like, hey, man, uh, come to FAMU or come play on my team, come play with me, all these different things like that. But now to have like active students on the roster do it or active commits, I'm sorry, or students who are committed to the program do it, that kind of changes things because then the players get to know each other. They get to acclimate to playing with each other. And that helps the program as, in the long run because then once they commit to FAMU, if they sign a letter of intent, now those players are, they're here. They're with the Cowboys. I'm sorry, the the Rattlers. I'm looking at a picture of the Cowboys for something next. Um, but they're with the FAMU Rattlers. 
not the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> but they're, they're in a capacity that's going to create excitement around the program. And if they can get a certain kind of athlete to continue to come in, even if they come some come to another program or come from another program, they have a rapport with the coaches, with the student athletes, and it's going to make for a better program. So congratulations to Levante first game. He looked pretty solid. Got him a couple touchdowns. Keep putting the films up there. If you're a fan, you commit or players who have committed to FAMU. I'm going to try to do a little bit more of like, hey, this is a huddle film. This may be what's to come uh, just because it generates that excitement just for the fan base. Uh, I know as a fan, I was looking at him like, oh, okay, okay. Looking solid, young man. All right. And the other thing, now we talked about the college level. Let's talk about the NFL. So if you look at the FAMU Twitter page here, they got some pictures of Marquise Bell up there. And I'm not going to go in too tight because I don't want to actually get in trouble with the NFL just for like showing this picture or anything. Cause I believe like they give that moniker about using a player's likeness or image. So this is from the FAMU Twitter page showing what Mark Marquise Bell has done. And uh, during that game though, if you watched it, he was all over the field. Like I watched the first quarter and I, I probably stopped watching late fourth quarter, uh, but he played in spurts across the game. I, I saw from one outlet where he led the game in tackles. I couldn't find that stat. So that's not me saying I doubt it. That's just me being a transparent person to say I didn't see the stat myself. But I am secondhand reporting that some another outlet indicated that he was leader in tackles. But he was all over the field. I mean, if you were to go back and watch the NFL Network broadcast, he was Marquise Bell this on the tackle Bell. Like, he was all over the field, and he's in a lot of your your pictures. Like, you can literally see him in dropping in coverage and then going through his progressions. And then as he does that, going through his reads, uh, he, he makes a play to where he's either near the ball or around the ball, or when the play finishes, he's close. I, I think that bodes well for him. I don't know if that's – it doesn't bode as well as that dude who returned them kickbacks. Those kickbacks, uh, Turpin, those two big kick returns were huge because – that right there might get you on the team. But the fact that Marquise Bell is always around the ball consistently, like, I mean, the announcer just said, Bell, Bell, Bell. Like, it was like, all right, man, you going to keep calling this guy? What? Like, But he was there. He's making solid tackles. And I don't remember a tackle that he missed. He Even when he did lead with his shoulder, it was in the backfield. He took the guy's legs out. The running back goes down. The other times, he's wrapping people up. He, he looks good. He looks fluid. And he looked like he knew what he was doing. Like that was, that was something that was big. He looks confident on the field. And I think going forward as a fan, that's going to help him going forward. Like that is pretty good day at the office. Just for me. Uh, just saying. All right. So we're going to do one more quick ad. Then we're going to go inside. Then I'm going to ask this question about this HBCU go deal. Like, What's up with that? This is true. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. All right, we're back. So if you haven't heard, the uh, new deal has come out where the SWAC and HBCU go have signed a deal. And is it a good deal or a bad deal to kind of 
break it down to some of the nitty gritty from what I've been able to read, it pretty much shows that each school is going to get about $1 million per year for the next 10 years. So $120 million contract. And is that a good or a bad deal? Starting out, it's good because it's a lot more than what you're getting now. But in a year or two, it's not a good deal, in my personal opinion, just because I think it it sells your product for a lower value or for a lesser price. Like you're underselling your worth. You're not selling your product for what it's truly worth. HBCU football and HBCU athletics, in my opinion, could be a multi-million dollar industry per year as far as revenue and things like that, because you are in some major markets, just within the SWAC. You're in about three major markets. Um, the others, they may not be major, but they're adjacent. Houston, obviously, I don't think Jackson's major, sorry. Uh, Tallahassee's not major either. Yeah, pretty much Houston. Uh, maybe Birmingham. But that being stated, I think your markets are large enough, especially when you consider the location of your alumni. That's where the big kicker comes in because you have large numbers of alumni in major cities like Atlanta, like Miami, like Orlando, Tampa, Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles. Like the fact that you have alumni that are in large metropolitan cities means that now you have the ability to potentially have things like watch parties or other events to kind of build the culture there. And if done right, you could eventually outsource some of your games to those major areas, similar to the Shamrock series that Notre Dame does. Obviously, if you paid attention the other year, they went to Ireland. They went to Chicago before they're going to Las Vegas this year. And what they're doing is they're using their large fan base to be able to drive ticket sales and to help them with their content. And I think that's something HBCUs could do as well. Uh, one of the things that I was able to talk to one of my coworkers, he's from South Africa. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, bro, what about Notre Dame? I'm like, I don't really care about them. I'm, I'm, I'm a old fan. I like FAMU. Like Notre Dame's a great program. He's like, man, that's all we get over there. Like, we're constantly getting Notre Dame football. And I was like, whoa, that's a national, that's a national brand that's shared internationally. And so now they're getting fans across the diaspora <laughs> that if they were presented HBCU athletics, may be able to align themselves more so with our demographics and with our traditions. And to me, that's something that we we're missing out on. And then money-wise, if each school is guaranteed a million dollars, okay, that's great. But the revenue that you're going to produce from ad material and other things like that is likely going to dwarf that million dollars per school. Like $12 million a year for an entire conference for basketball, football. I mean, what is that? Like, to me, just my own personal idea, I don't think it's enough. I think what the way would have been to have something similar to what the Big Ten did and the SEC. And no, we're not the Big Ten and the SEC, but within this idea 
to me, what we're seeing is the old example within your religious textbook of not being ready when the bridegroom cometh. What happened was, okay, yeah, they're getting billions of dollars now, but they've had a conference network for over a decade. The SEC network is, I'm pretty sure about a decade old. ACC network is not far after Big Ten network. These networks are older than us. And now they're receiving the fruits of their labors from doing stuff early before being being progressive, being aggressive, and being able to sell themselves, market themselves, and show that they were worth the investment and show that they are worth the investment. Now you're trying to sell these organizations, these companies, something that doesn't exist and say, well, we're worth the investment as well. What data do you have to prove that? What information do you have to prove that? And they've partnered with these different entities to help produce their programs. SEC Network obviously partners with ESPN. Big Ten Network partners with Fox, if I remember correctly. So you have these machines and mechanisms behind them. Even the Mountain West partners with CBS and CBS Sports. So these conferences did create their own networks, but they also partnered with people who knew what they were doing. And to me, that was, that's a difference. If the SWAC and the MEAC had done something similar and not only just said, hey, ESPN, you show our games and whatnot, and actually said, hey, we're going to create a network, we're going to partner with you, and we're going to use you not just for distribution, but also like to help us create our network, I think things may have been a little different. Whereas now, we're seeing with HBCU Go, it's, it's a great concept. It's a great idea. I think the money's a little short. But when you're going from nothing to get a million dollars a lot, because currently, you got nothing. You don't even have anything online. Like, the online platform is YouTube, which is it's a great platform. But when you're considering that you're you're trying to generate millions of dollars. You're a division one conference. So you're competing with schools that are raking in and conferences that are raking in billions of dollars a year. And you're bringing in 12 million. You're not fighting the same fight. And you're truthfully not fighting with both your hands. You're really fighting with one hand behind your back and a foot tied. Like you're at a disadvantage and you're going to stay at a disadvantage because the infrastructure is not being created for, sustain, for sustainability. And if it was going to be created for sustainability, you would partner with one of these broadcast companies, HBCU Go, HBCU Digital, and I'm biased, and use them to help produce your content, but also have them as the, the hosts and the producers of your network. So that way they get a video library, they get a content library, and you get someone who is professional every day producing this stuff for you. It would make a difference in the level of quality because all of a sudden you have people that do this professionally, that handle this. And you could not necessarily outsource the work, but you could say, hey, we're going to build this together. And then you could develop a crew or a team of people with expertise that 
have already experienced in the field, but that can also cater towards your niche. And I think that's something we kind of missed with this. I think we're getting somebody that's going to cater to our niche, but I think it's, I think we're being undersold. And I feel like we're going to get our million dollars a year per school. And then the parent company is going to make a lot of money. And I think to have it be a 10 year deal is too long. Five years would have been acceptable to me because that allows you to see that this is a viable product. It allows you to build the brand, build the product and build it into something more sustainable. But 10 years means that by the time this deal is done, the contract is going to be really obsolete by year four or five. And you're going to be, you're going to be receiving funds that are less than what you deserve because now this company's made millions probably they're probably going to track half 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 a billion like five six hundred thousand after ads and everything else who they're partnering with and then once the 10 years is done you're going to go back to the drawing board and it's like well what can you give me opposed to what you have and your ability to negotiate to me it's improved but i don't think it's as efficient as it could be so is this HBCU go deal good? I don't think so, but it's better than what you have, which is essentially nothing. Like something is better than nothing, but this something could have been better, especially considering what they're getting and uh, the amount of content they're going to get is is going to be interesting. So um, we're going to see y'all, but come Thursday, we're going to talk about more of the happenings about Florida and University. And we're going to get excited about this first game of the season versus University of North Carolina. And I'm also going to try to look at this first week in the swag, like give y'all some W's and L's, see what W's we may have, what L's may be there or are there, and kind of dabble my foot into looking over other people's gardens or other people's yards and seeing if the grass is truly greener over there. So that being said, y'all, y'all know I try to keep the show about 30 minutes. As always, I appreciate you for your time, and this is Fame's Up. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A Black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Don't 